Hey folks, my name is Andy Sitto, and you're listening to Middle Class Rockstar. My guest this week is Colorado-based performer and songwriter, Jacob Larson. We jump into this uh, pretty quickly in the episode, but just to... uh, just to chat about it also up front for a second Jacob and I did not meet through music in fact we haven't really crossed paths too much in the music world although he's been uh, out doing it doing all the summer concert series uh, playing with his 10-piece band he's been at it for a long time and I've been at it for a long time um, and and we've both seen each other play once or twice but um, we first met through baseball He was my brother, well, is my brother's age, my little brother's age. Uh, He's six years younger than me. And they played baseball together, Little League together. As kids, I was, I don't, I don't remember, uh, I don't remember all the details of it, but it's at one point, um, my dad coached and at one point Jacob's dad coached and I was around as an assistant or big brother or maybe just a burden, um, to the coaching staff. I don't know. And then as I got a little bit older, I started umpiring games um, and, you know, umpiring for my brother. You know, he'd be catching and I'd be calling balls and strikes and he'd be hitting. I'd be calling balls and strikes. Anyway, so I first met Jacob and his father, John, through uh, baseball, through Little League Baseball as kids. And it was really cool to get to chat with him. Um, on the podcast about music. Jacob, as I said, has been uh, doing it for a long time in the Denver scene. He has a full album of original music coming out later this year. Um, and it's it's funk and it's soul and, uh, it's, and there's some blues influence. There's a lot of different things in there. It's really good stuff. And the first single off that album that's coming out, Funky With You, came out on December 17th of this past year, 2021. He also has um, an EP out from 2017 that's on Spotify called Aftershock. Um, I think that's about all I have. I just want to jump right into the conversation. Um, it was an evening podcast, which I don't usually do. I'm usually a morning guy, but it was a it was a fun evening conversation. Jacob was uh, in his house in Longmont. I was here um, in my little studio in Lakewood in our apartment. Um, before we do jump in, quick thanks to the sponsors. First, Patrick at PQ Mastering. Patrick puts the finishing touches on this podcast, and for any of your audio or restoration needs, visit pqmastering.com. Also, Narrator Music. For simple and affordable licensing for sync, visit narratorrf.com. If you'd like to support this podcast, I am on Patreon at patreon.com slash Andy Sido, S-Y-D-O-W, um, it's a really cool way to support creatives, um, and I sometimes put up some podcast stuff on there or music stuff or production videos, whatever. You can contribute for as little as $3 a month, and I sure would appreciate it. Um, if you'd like to contribute in a non-monetary way, a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts is awesome. It's huge. It helps out a ton and just takes a quick second. So if uh, one or multiple of those things sounds like something you'd be interested in doing, I'd appreciate it very much. Okay, let's jump into my conversation with Jacob Larson. (laughs) 
Jacob, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you, Andy? I'm doing well. Thanks for thanks for coming on the show. Yes, thanks so much for having me. This is great. This is great. <laughs> I was trying to to we we've both been around in the in the Denver scene for some time now, but we met long ago and I don't even yes. remember exactly what the situation was, who was coaching and, and all that, but I, <laughs> but it was, it was baseball. You played with my yes. little brother and I think I was like a, a teenage helper or something. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then eventually umpiring the games, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, having to call a third strike on my brother was, was a, a disaster. <laughs> I'm sure you yeah, I'm sure you heard a lot about that if that ever Yes. <laughs> if that yes, ever yes. happened. <laughs> uh, so it goes back to it goes back to Louisville and, and baseball days and both of our dads were coaches in the little league. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Played. It's it's crazy to think how big of a part baseball was in my life for a very long time when I was a kid um, before music. Yeah. 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 For sure. Were you, were you serious about it as a kid? I mean, is that, is that what you, was that your passion? Um, yes and no. I mean, it was definitely, you know, I met a lot of friends through that and, uh, had a lot of good times and I played competitively for a couple of years, but, um, then music kind of took over and that was like, Oh no, this is, this is a, where it needs to be. <laughs> this yeah. is where my time and effort needs to go towards. <laughs> so <laughs> do you remember the moment when you had that realization? Um, it was definitely one of the first few times that I was on stage with a band or, um, you know, me with a piano singing in a little cafe or something. Um, I don't know if I know an exact moment, but, uh, it was, it was definitely something gradual that I, realized could actually be somewhat of a, a career, but also like a, a passion um, that, you know, cause I think when you tell your parents that you want to be like, in a band and like sing in a band and bars and clubs when you're like 13, they don't really know. I don't know if a lot of parents know how to navigate that, but <laughs> mine did a very, uh, I, they were very supportive and uh, in that journey. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you were you were in middle school, you know, and mm -hmm. when you started saying, "Hey, I want to sing in front of people." Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yeah. I was eleven and twelve. Yeah, that was kind of the the moment when I, like, you know, like I had been in like kind of some um, like show choir camps, and that's the only choir that I ever did, and like music camps and that kind of thing. But then, uh, yeah, when I was eleven and twelve, that was when I started singing with a band on stage. So. Uh, like doing gigs and stuff. Yeah. I, I feel like 11 and 12 years old is the age where most young boys get very self-conscious. Uh, <laughs> and don't, I mean, I know for me, 11 and 12, I was like, okay, I'm aware of the fact that I'm singing in front of people. I mean, and I, mm -hmm. I at that point, I think I, I made a left turn. I said, I don't want to sing in front of <laughs> people but yeah. you went you went the opposite direction did you ever have any trouble with that at all at that age with um singing in front of a crowd um you know there were definitely nerves and like you know with the first couple times I got on stage it was like oh my gosh my leg is shaking so badly like I hope nobody can see 
my leg shaking so badly. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. but, um, you know, I, I think that those, yeah, I think your confidence builds as you progress in your artistry a lot of the time. And that sounds very like much of an official answer for a, like an 11 and 12 year old to be thinking. So I probably was not thinking those exact words at that time, but, um, you know, as like, you know, as I kind of got into it and I had a lot of support and a lot of help from other musicians and family. And so, yeah, that definitely helped, but not a lot of, not a ton of stage fright was, that wasn't a very huge problem for me, luckily. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 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 That's great. You're in the minority then. In the- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, like, I think I get more nervous about you know, when you're the, when, as you know, like when your name is on the, on the bill, it's hard to like, I think you get nervous about uh, so many, there's so many more things that you can be nervous and anxious about than like getting up in, in front of a ton of people. Like it's preparing, preparing for it and like making sure the band is all squared away. And, you know, you're worried that there's actually going to be people in seats watching you that that you actually give you the opportunity to have stage fright as opposed to like as opposed to actually like being afraid of singing in front of people yeah yeah well in in was there a point around that age too where 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 you thought hey music is for giving other people a good time um I, I mean, or, or was it like, I really love doing this? I mean, was there a balance between the two? I, you know, what's, what's your, what was your thought process as you started to see people enjoying what you were doing in the audience? Mm, yeah. I mean, that definitely clicked. And I, th- you know, I, as I um, got older, I think, um, you know, at first it was a lot of like, you know, I, I played with a lot of musicians that were older than me. And that, that was like, well, I want to be with people my age and like doing music that way. But then, you know, it, it, that kind of, I kind of grew out of that when I realized that I wanted to like take music to a level that not a lot of like 12 and 13 year olds take music to where like performing in gigs and um, like supporting a whole band of people with ticket sales and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I think, in terms of making people like, like seeing the response to people, I think my genre definitely changed. Um, and, you know, I did a lot of blues and um, not that blues is not like people don't get happy about blues, but then, you know, like I started doing a lot of like R and B and funk and now even some disco. And I, I love making people dance and just like having a great time. And not again, not that they can't do that for with like rock and, blues but um i don't know there was something something else that came with doing a lot of stevie wonder and earth wind and fire and tower of power and shaka khan that that i felt on stage and like in the audience that i didn't i wasn't getting with genres that i was doing so yeah yeah at at what point did you realize that um Mm. that you wanted to switch genres a little bit Mm, um like 13 14 as i got into high school um I started, um, like, I think you're, as, as you get older, like your accessibility to music gets broader and, um, like being able to like listen to like stream music or, you know, buy music on iTunes or whatever it is. And, um, 
So I started listening to more music on my own and, uh, and, you know, found all those different artists that I have such you that are a huge influence of mine now. Um, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and going back a little bit, not to reminisce too much on, no, like, on, on little league baseball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when, when you did realize you're talking about a little bit, how, how your parents handled that when you mm. said, you know what, I want to play music in front of people. Um, mm. How did how did they handle that? I mean, what uh, you know, what route did your parents take when you said, mm. "I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to sing in front of lots of people. I'm 11 years old. Let's let's do this." What, what was, you know, what was their reaction? Um, you know, so my dad grew up in a family of musicians. Um, his dad was um, a, like a country blues, uh, rock guitarist. And his mom was a blues and rock, uh, singer and bass player. Mm. So he grew up go like his mom taking him to shows and, um, his mom convincing the, the, like the, the crew at the show to let him like learn, like teach him how to run the lights and stuff. So like he, uh, he grew up in a musical setting in terms of going to live gigs and doing music for a living. Um, so he was absolutely monumental and like kind of helping, you know, like being a voice for an 11 year old that like can't talk to bar owners, uh, <laughs> and definitely still, uh, you know, it, um, plays a huge role in, the band now and, um, in managing. Um, so, uh, and then my, so he was, he was very much like, let's like, let's go balls to the wall, excuse the expression. And yeah, like, just like, and just let's like, let's do this thing. And, uh, my mom was, you know, she, she ha has always just wanted me to be happy. And, um, I think she was a little, you know, nervous at first, um, of like, my son wants to sing where and do what on weekends when he should be doing math and science homework. But, uh, she definitely, like, I think when she realized, I, I think like she realized how much I loved it and, um, that, you know, like that it was a thing and, uh, um, now she's, you know, my biggest supporter. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. Um, yeah. And I, I know when you went to college, you went the music route as well. Um, and you did finish it at C, you, you did CU Denver for all, all four years. Yeah. I d yeah. So I did, um, I did five years. Um, I, okay. I, I, I did a dual emphasis major in performance and then music business. Uh, so that, that took me a little bit longer than, um, you know, a couple hiccups along the way that, uh, that I had to add another semester but um uh but yeah it was going to be four and a half years but yeah five years too yeah it was a long-winded answer to your short question but yes <laughs> well and, and what all what all did you what all did you focus on i mean you're doing vocals and in, in in business yeah 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 vocal yeah yeah vocal performance and business yeah okay did yeah. you like one more more than the other i absolutely liked music business more than performance um I got, I, I loved my professors and my, my voice professors and, um, you know, some of the performance classes that I took, but, and being in an ensemble, I think was really good for me. I did, um, I did acapella for, uh, the majority of, um, my college time. And I absolutely enjoyed that so much. And it helped my ear a lot for, you know, um, it was definitely prevalent for what I do now. And, uh, 
but yeah, business was absolutely, I, I fell in love with it. I, I, I was originally only a performance major and then I, uh, I took uh, an intro to music business class and like that next, uh, I was like, nope, I'm, I'm adding this. I'm adding the second major. Like I, I need to do this. So, and that was extremely beneficial. Yeah. And was that Aaron Hackle you were studying with for the ensemble? Um, so yeah, the ensemble was Aaron Hackle. Yep. And then, uh, that was acapella. And then, um, but my voice professor and my voice teacher for all f- uh, four years that I was taking voice lessons was uh, Leslie Soich. Um, so. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah, and, yeah. and what is it about the business thing? I mean, I think that's probably a benefit to you that you like business so much. Lots of musicians uh, hate that side of it, right? They just want to uh, <laughs> uh, play, but you've, you have a passion for the business too. What is it about that? that you enjoy? Mm. Um, I think it, I think it adds a lot of, okay, two things. I I was actually, I was just very much interested in everything that music had to offer in terms of how large of a business it actually is and how many different routes there are in the music business. And then also it absolutely helps me in being an independent musician. And that, I think that credibility in a way um, that I was, that I did have this education of, of knowing the industry um, better than somebody that maybe didn't go to music business school. Uh, Cause it's kind of a weird, you know, you tell people that you're in school for music business and they're, they don't really know what that means, uh, but it's a lot of, you know, you take a lot of industry courses and a lot of marketing courses and um, management courses. And, you know, there's all kinds of facets that you focus on, but yeah, really, I think, I think it really, um, added a lot of support to what I was already doing in the music industry of having my back covered with, I know certain aspects and certain things within the music business that I didn't know beforehand. (laughs) Is there some, is there something in particular that, that you would take away like, Oh, thank God I learned that. Um, and that helps me now. Mm, Yeah. I mean, so definitely a lot of, a lot of like smaller things, but I think the biggest thing is definitely like being an independent artist and doing it on your own and um, how to support yourself as an, as an independent artist and building a team of people around like that surround you. Um, I think that would be def- absolutely be the biggest, the biggest thing that I took away from it. Um, Cause you know, I, I struggled a lot of, uh, a lot of the time of like, you know, a lot of my friends, they maybe didn't want to take an artist path, but um, they wanted to just be in the industry working behind the scenes or in publishing or, you know, whatever it might've been. And I struggled along to, well, like I want to be able to financially make it as well as make it as, you know, a a musician that, you know, gigs for a living. Um, So that was something that I, that I, you know, went back and forth with for a long time, but uh, yeah, that's definitely the the biggest thing that I learned is that I I absolutely can make it as a as an independent artist and here are all the tools. Not all the well I think there's, you know, not all the tools, but a, a lot of the tools on how to achieve that. Are there so. any tools that you look at now that you still want to have that you feel like maybe you don't have the handle on that you'd like to at this point? Uh definitely like promoting myself is really, really, I think like, you know, social media is so 
uh, obviously has been and it like will continue to be so huge and um, like an independent artist or just artists in general developing and gaining a following. Um, so, you know, I, that, that is absolutely the biggest, uh, the biggest thing that I, um, like I, I can do it all on paper and like, I, I, I took multiple classes on, you know, marketing and promotion and that kind of thing. But, uh, when you're doing it yourself, that, um, I, that that's difficult for me. Um, so I've had help in that, in that, uh, section of the industry. So, <laughs> you know, it's but. funny to me because everybody who says that they struggle with self-promotion are the people that I feel like do a really good job of it. And I'd say the same thing about you is when I see you on social media, uh, it seems to be very comfortable and you have a lot of interaction with people. You're getting lots of likes and comments. Not that, not that it, not that that's the end all be all, but it's, um, it, you, you seem to be good at that, but I, hear that from a lot of people that to me it looks like they are good at it and they say oh I'm not good at that um <laughs> so let me ask you this if you were if you were promoting someone else say you were just an artist manager and you were promoting yeah. a different artist how would you service them differently in a way that you think might be better than how you're able to service your and promote yourself hmm that's a I think outside perspective is a lot of the time extremely important. Um, and because I think, you know, going back to what we were talking about, you know, like being self-conscious at, at certain times uh, throughout a career. And um, I, I think I have a level of like of self-consciousness that is still like prohibits me from seeing things that like could be done or like uh, that I would not, think to do or, you know, say or um, show people that uh, that I think somebody from the outside could. So um, yeah. I think that's the that's probably the I think just having, you know, other voices that you know, I think like credible, educated voices um, like guiding you uh, is important. Um, yeah. So I think that's that's what I would. Yeah. Outside perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. Would, would you ever, would you ever do it for someone else? Would you ever take on a, along with your artist career, would you ever take on a management or social media role for another artist? Uh, no, no, I would do, I would, <laughs> I would do, uh, you know, I think there's other parts of the industry that I'm interested in that I would, that I would kind of go for before it would be, uh, like social media management or any kind of management, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what what other, yeah, what other I, envy, parts? I envy those people because they're extreme like uh, yeah, I'm not saying that I that like I think illy of it, but yeah, I it's a it's a skill that that is very um yeah, very impressive to me. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. Me too. That's that's uh, <laughs> that's some Jedi shit, I think. Huh. <laughs> that's some Jedi shit. That is the yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's what I'm taking away from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is what I said. <laughs> what, so what, what would, what would you do in the industry other than performing? If you were going to take on, um, another task that was, I mean, if you were going to be in the music business, but you weren't a performer, what, what would you do? Mm, um, so absolutely. I would want to work in 
um, like either like music licensing or publishing uh, would be the thing that I would want to work on or that I'd want to work in. Um, I think like, uh, or even like songwriting in the sense of trying to have placements in TV and film. Um, I think those are the, which I think you, you can do as an artist, but there are people that actually just songwrite in the sense for like a publishing company. Um, and uh, I think that would be a route that I would thoroughly enjoy. Um, yeah. yeah, that's, uh, that's, yeah, yeah. Or working in live performance, because uh, that's been kind of my, my the, like my itch in music has always been performing live. Um, so. Well, we should jump into both of those. At first, publishing and licensing, have you dabbled in that at all with your own stuff, trying to get some syncs? Um, so I, yeah, very, very minimal. Um, I would love to explore it more with, um, uh, with music that I release in the future, but, uh, I was still very early on in, uh, in college when I released, um, original music for the first time. So, um, a little bit, but, um, but no, not myself. No, not really. It, it seems to be an interesting, I'm in, I'm in the same boat, um, live performer and songwriter and i i've been in a few co-writes lately with people who only do that and it's funny how different mm -hmm. the perspective is when you're writing and how differently they write and um yeah i don't know it's it's just interesting sometimes i think well why would you do that and then <laughs> later on in the writing like oh yeah because that's uh that's a lot catchier it's a lot more syncable mm -hmm. yeah for sure for sure there's there's absolutely a a specific style and a spe and specific uh, tools and uh, that you can that that songwriters for just the purpose of having placements in in, in different media's right as opposed to writing for a live audience. I think they they definitely like cross, but um, like it's yeah yeah. I think at the end of the, it's always all about the hook. I feel like, but <laughs> um, yeah. Well, okay. So does an audience receive a hook differently if they're listening to it live versus if they're listening to it like on the radio or uh on a podcast or in a television show or something do you think mm -hmm. they receive the hook in a different way uh for sure for sure i think um the perception of a live show i think will always be a different kind of energy than listening to something in a tv show or a movie not not saying that one is better than the other but like but i think you you have two different kind of visual aspects you have a and and feelings you have you know in a live show you have a musician or a singer or a band that's right. playing this music for you that you are in the room you are feeling you know like the kit you're feeling the kick drum like vibrate your feet and then in like a tv show there's a or a movie there's a different visual aspects there of you're 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 witnessing a moment between uh, on on screen with music supporting it um that is a whole other that's meant to express a whole other feeling than a live performance yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely when, so are you thinking about that when you're writing too like with this song how is the kick drum gonna <laughs> shake the audience. I don't know. Or, you know, just anything yeah. in that, in that realm. Do you think like that when you're writing? Um, I mean, yes and no. I think I always want to write music 
that is going to feed my soul. Uh, but I think that the audience is absolutely some like people, if, if you're, you know, if your purpose with your music is to make people, you know, feel and dance, then I think that they, like, you know, the audience has to be, uh, yeah, it has to be thought of in the writing process, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I think mostly I write for, for me though, not, not to be, you know, not to be, not to sound selfish, but yeah, you know, no, I want to, yeah, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think music can be therapeutic for the listener and the writer. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you, you are, um, you are a, a live performer. I mean, you've been doing that for so long. You've done so many gigs and, um, you know, so many of the summer concert series, um, mm. and, and you're getting to play with a lot of great people, you know, local legends too, you know, the Hazel Millers, um, yeah. and, and stuff like that. So you're li- talk about your live band a little bit. I mean, I know sometimes you're, you're, you can do up to like a 10 piece band. What is a Jacob mm-hmm. Larson live show like? Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, we always try to bring the 10 piece band. Uh, that's always what we try to, uh, it's, it's that we always try to just bring it because it, you know, and that includes, you know, a full, full rhythm section and then three horns and two background vocalists and then myself. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I think, I think when we don't have, I think we sound good when we, you know, we don't have, when we can't bring the horns or we, we're only a five piece, but I think the added, uh, horn, I think horns in particular, they add such a, such an energy to the stage and to like, people are like, Oh, like the, those are apps. Like you can't, you can easily differentiate somebody playing like horns on uh, horn parts on keys, as opposed to like a full horn section in a, at a show. And, um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of noise coming from the stage when there's all 10 of us uh, on stage, but, um, yeah, I mean, lots of, our, my whole purpose is to just, is to make people dance, honestly. And, <laughs> and yeah. to, uh, and to make sure people have a good time and uh, can kind of, you know, I don't know if escape is the right word, but like kind of, you know, let any like bullshit of their week go for a little while and like just hang and like maybe have a drink and have, you know, have spend some time with friends and dance. (laughs) Yeah. And when you started out, you were doing, you were doing mostly covers at that point. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And that's still, we're working on our live show for, you know, kind of this busy season, uh, which will include a lot more originals, but yeah, that's still predominantly our, our show is, um, is still covers. Yeah. Well, and so how do you think about mixing in your originals or just different covers that you're doing? How do you think about that with an audience when you when you want to make them dance, that's the goal. But you don't. You maybe don't want to make them dance at two hundred BPM for three songs in a row, <laughs> or maybe you want them to like be a song where they know every word. But you don't want that with every song, right? So there's some sort of a a wave. I mean, do you slip in originals in a certain part of your set, or um, you know lesser known covers? How do you sort of approach a live a live set? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I think there's, there is absolutely an art to writing, uh, to writing a set list, but 
um, you know, I think, I think as we add more originals, uh, and they start getting, you know, known to fans, um, I th- I, you know, I think, I think you have to actually just, you know, play them out. But I, I mean, I always try to like slip in an original right after a song that like everybody's going to know, or like everybody's going to dance to. And then I'm like, Hey, we're going to like, we're going to do an original real quick. Like, I hope you enjoy it. And like, so then like, I, I kind of have some people on the, if, if it's a, if it's a, an original that is, was written so that people with the idea in mind that hopefully people will dance to this, um, uh, then like, Oh, you know, I'll have some people, I have some people on the dance floor. I have, I have their attention for a moment. Um, so let me utilize this time and, uh, and play an original that hopefully they will continue dancing to. <laughs> doesn't always happen, but that's okay. Um, but you know, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I think, uh, yeah. And in, in terms of, you know, picking originals or picking, sorry, picking covers for originals, um, we're, de- we're exploring that right now for sure. We're, we're trying to, the idea is that we're playing, you know, for while we're trying to mesh in originals with covers, we're, we're kind of intertwining them in our show, um, and making it seem seamless, uh, and, and like, and, you know, like we're playing, we're playing a song from the seventies, just like any other, <laughs> any other song in our set. So. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so there's, so there's continuity between everything. Yeah, we, we try. Yeah, we definitely with this with this record for sure that we're we're gonna release. Um, that I, you know, I I think I, I released an EP in uh, in twenty seventeen and um, and I co wrote that with uh, a guy named Corey Baker and like that was absolutely incredible. Uh, he produced it as well and like it was it was a really fun musical experience. But um, this 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 album that uh, that we wrote over the last couple of years that we're gonna release soon is um, definitely. Uh, uh, definitely music it has influences um, in the music that we currently play in the band. So, yeah, yeah. You're talking about 70s specifically. Is that is that the goal at a live show to go back to the 70s? Um, yes and no, because like I, I, that's absolutely the biggest. Like I, when people ask what kind of music I'm I'm writing, it's it's always like straight from the seventies funk soul and disco. Like that's my, that's my go-to. Um, and, you know, I, I think paying homage to those genres, but then, you know, it's also, you know, this music is music that I'm releasing today and in the present. So I want people to know that it was, you know, that it's being written today and in the present. Um, so, so I think, you know, I think, I think trying to, encapsulate you know people from that era that were that that you know hear a song like hear us play you know let's groove by earth wind and fire for example like they're like oh i remember like i remember roller skating to this song or something you know yeah but then like also encapsulating and uh, you know a, a, an audience of you know people that are that were not maybe alive myself included and yourself included in yeah in the, uh, during that time so yeah ha- how do you how do you encapsulate them? Is it is it I mean, the way you play it or lyrical content being about cell phones instead of uh, <laughs> you know I you know instead of cigarettes on airplanes? I mean, how, <laughs> what what's the process of encapsulating the the young crew? That's a that's a very good uh, question. Um, I think I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, I think lyrical content for sure. Uh, and 
I think talking about what's going on in our world today can always, you know, be prevalent. Um, but then I think also just, you know, being younger and then like spreading the word that like, this is what I do. And that like, Hey, like this can still be like hip or, you know, something along those lines. Um, yeah. 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 I don't know. I think I'm still trying to figure that out though. And I'm, and I'm going to be interested to see the response because, you know, we, you know, especially when we play these summer concert, like uh, you mentioned summer concert series, well, you know, we have people from all different ages play, you know, there listening and dancing. And um, it's cool because we'll, we'll be playing a song from, you know, uh, superstition or something. And, and like, there are people from all different age ranges dancing to that song um or our whole set so um i think that you know i think there are there are some aspects to the music that was written in the 70s that are that still makes people want to dance and want to get up today so yeah yeah it's 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 a uh, it's universal is there i want i wanted to ask about two two extremes what's the best moment you've had on stage First, well, I'll start with that. What's the best moment you've had on stage? If you can think of an instance, maybe there's a bunch. Yeah. Um, hmm, yeah, that's a that's a that's a good question. Um, so I, the first show that I did, really like probably <laughs> probably shouldn't have you know done that show considering what the like the time was. But the first show that I did uh, coming back after like COVID had happened and after um, like I got COVID really severely um, that like after like being on stage and you know quite like we, we were at Dazzle in Denver and I was behind a like plexiglass screen uh, <laughs> so I didn't have to wear a mask and uh, which I don't even know. Like, we do not, like, I don't know if that was helping at all, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it looks like it's helping. Like, it's yeah, it like yeah, it looks like it's helping. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like getting up on stage and just being able to play music at such a detrimental time in the, like, in everybody's life. Uh, that was definitely one of the, yeah, one of my favorite moments that I've ever had on stage for sure. Well, and you were talking about, um, you're talking about you having COVID, you had it, you had an extreme, I mean, when you got it, I remember, I mean, this was near the beginning of the pandemic. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, reading, reading the posts about you, um, on your page and just going, Oh my God, I hope he's okay. I hope he's okay. What's going on. And I mean, everyone was concerned and I mean, for me at least, that was the first time I went, oh, this can get anybody. If it can get yeah. a healthy 22-year-old, mm -hmm. it can get anybody. Um, mm -hmm. what, so what was your, your experience like when, when you got COVID? Yeah, I mean, yeah, so it was, I mean, like you, had, you mentioned, it, yeah, it was, there were no mask mandates, there were no lockdowns, there were no, like there was nothing when I got COVID. Um, and uh um, yeah, it was, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, it was, you know, I'm still, I'm still dealing with the, uh, repercussions, not physically in any way. Luckily, I'm very lucky to not have any long lasting effects, but, um, absolutely like emotionally and mentally. Um, so it, yeah, it was, it was absolutely the, the worst thing that has ever happened to me. And 
hope hopefully the worst thing that <laughs> that uh ever happens to me um because yeah. yeah it was uh absolutely uh terribly traumatic um but uh yeah yeah that was it was rough <laughs> to put it lightly um so yeah it, it was and it was so unknown that like that absolutely added to the kind of the 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 fear and like the you know the turmoil that was happening because you know do, you know doctors that were there and that were treating me they were incredible but you know for lack of a better term they were throwing shit at the wall and seeing what stuck because like they're you know they had no idea this was a brand new and still you know still is fairly new um it, they they had no idea how to how to treat the virus and uh um luckily well they must have because you know here I am, but, uh, but, um, but yeah, yeah, it was, you know, there, it was, it was scary for that reason as well. Cause it was so novel. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you were on a ventilator and everything for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was, uh, intubated for, well, so <laughs> for 10 days initially, and then I was extubated and then, um, put back on for three more days. So total of 13 days and then in the hospital for 20 um total so yeah yeah <laughs> do you do you remember ever consciously thinking that you might not get to perform again oh absolutely yeah 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 but, but um to be completely honest performing was not on my mind for the majority of that um it was like like am i going to be like am i still going to even be like you know here <laughs> so uh yeah. was was like the main was the main thing and i'm sure that's what my parents were thinking about too and my you know family and friends um yeah so yeah yeah but there, you know i think uh, yeah i i um but speaking to like my my you know my voice and that kind of thing i when it was safe to i i saw my um my my voice doctor pretty uh pretty quickly in terms of what quickly looks like after you're hospitalized for that long and during a pandemic, uh, looks like, but I, yeah. yeah, I saw him, uh, I saw him after, I think I saw him in, so I was discharged in, uh, on April 10th, um, of 2020. And uh, I think I saw him in June, uh, of 2020 and, um, he, yeah. And, uh, he helped me kind of get back to, uh, to, to 100%. So. How long did it take you from April 10th to back to hundred percent? Um, like vocally or in general, <laughs> vocally. I mean, well, vocally, well, to where yeah. you were feeling, cause I know you're saying you're still, you still have, have some effects from it now, even now, but at, at what point did you feel a hundred percent ready to go perform again? Mm, um, I would say July, July was like, I, uh, in terms of performing, I don't know if like vocally I was necessarily taking all of the like risks or doing all of the, you know, hitting every high note or that kind of thing, uh, yeah. right away. But, um, yeah, my, you know, my, my doctor explained it to me, like, you know, if, if a, if a runner tears their ACL, they don't, when, when, it, when they get, you know, when they get surgery for it or, you know, and it heals, they don't just go run a marathon right away. They will, you know, they train up to it. And so that's, that's what I did with, uh, voice or with my voice. So my, our first show was in August of, uh, of 2020, that was that dazzle show. And that was the first show back. And, uh, um, that, and, you know, I, I had been 
singing often and, you know, but it was definitely in a, I was in a position where I, I can't do, I don't, I, I like, it would not be good for me to do a three hour long gig right now. <laughs> um, right. So yeah. Yeah. But I would say, yeah, I would say August um, is when, or July, August is when it was, I was like, yep, like I'm, I'm good to go now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. And funny what you're saying about the three hour gigs. I, I, I remember, you know, I mean, it was a, it was a drought for all musicians and we could live stream as much as we wanted to. That's not yeah. like being live on the spot and having to <laughs> sing for three or four hours. It's just not. And no. <laughs> I, I remember going back to like regular three and four hour nights and being like, Oh my God, how did I ever do this before? <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. It's kind of crazy. I don't, yeah. Yeah. It, it's wild that you, yeah, you think about how, you know, yeah. And how many, like, that's a lot of music too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a lot of songs going back to the band a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Do you, how consistent are your members? Are you rotating a lot of people in and out or is it pretty much the same crew? Um. So the, we, uh, we try to keep the same crew as consistently as possible. Um, and uh, I think that comes with through a lot of um, uh, booking gigs early, and <laughs> and uh, um, it, you know, and and I think a sense of uh, and a sense of like you know doing original music. I think that that you know the hope is that you know these people. It was really important that we had the people that were playing live with us. That those people were the people that play on the record. Um, because the, the idea has always been to play this live. Um, so yeah, we, we, you know, we try to keep uh, it as consistent as possible, but, you know, we have, we have our, our calls for each, uh, you know, for each member and, um, yeah, yeah. Um, so if, if, you know, if we have maybe, you know, six out of the 10 of us that are, that are consistently with us and then like four people that, you know, play with us every so often, but not, not a ton, um, you know, usually still goes over pretty well. Um, so. so you have charts you can give out to sub out the trumpet player or something for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge yeah. part. Um, cause you know, we, uh, like our range, our arrangements aren't, you know, the same as the original or, you know, the key's different or, um, whatever it might be. Um, so yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and you do something else during the day, correct? I do. Yes. <laughs> I am a, um, uh, I'm a cannabis recruiter, actually. <laughs> a cannabis uh, recruiter? That, so uh, yeah. Is that like the army, but with marijuana instead? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a, a better word for it is that I'm, I'm, it's actually a new kind of a new venture for me. Um, uh, it's, I'm a headhunter for lack of a better word. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, you know, building a companies come companies, like TA, uh, so cannabis, hemp, and CBD companies come to us and say, "Hey, we need this person with this much experience and this background, and um, that does this." And then we go out and find that for them. Um, okay. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So that is that is what I do during the day. <laughs> so you're uh, Uncle Jacob, not Uncle Sam. You're <laughs> Uncle Jacob. Oh my goodness! Yeah. No, I <laughs> <laughs> I have not heard that before, but yeah. 
<laughs> yes, no, sure, I'll take that. Yeah, that sure. sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, do you do you enjoy the gig for the most part? Um, I do. Yeah, I you know it is like it's like I'm I'm still in my first month of doing it. Um, okay. So uh, yeah, so it's it's very new and like, um, you know it's it's I think some people would describe recruiting or like headhunting like that as you know a sales job, but it is definitely more than. Uh, it feels like it's more than it's, it's, it's different than a sales job in the sense of like, you're trying to build, you know, relationships and find like you, you care about, you care about the people, like the people that you, your candidates, the people that you're trying to get jobs with place at places. And then you also care about your relationship with the client as well. Like there's, you know, I think there's, you're not selling a product. You're, 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 you know, a liaison for people and companies. So that, that, Mm. that makes it a whole lot different. And, um, but one thing that is consistent with sales is that the lows are, I haven't even begun to like scratch the surface of what a low and a high is in that in the industry, no pun intended with being a cannabis recruiter, but, um, uh, but like, I haven't even begun to scratch the surface, but I can definitely see how like the lows are low and the highs are high. Um, Yeah. I do enjoy it. And I really love my, my coworkers in my office and yeah. Yeah. Does it help you with your music to be able to put your mind on something that is totally not music related for a few hours every day and just kind of get out (laughs) of that headspace? Um, yes and no, because, you know, I think we'll see when it gets to be, you know, we're getting into, you know, the summer and spring and that's when, you know, shit really starts to hit the fan for musicians and working musicians. So, um, we'll see how well I can, cause I, you know, my, you know, I, I don't, to answer your question, I, I, I feel like I will be thinking about <laughs> music and, you know, things that I, a gig that I have in the, like that night or the, that weekend during work. Um, so it will really, it, I, that will be, that will be put to the test this summer for sure. Um, yeah. but it, it, you know, it is, I think, you know, there's always a balance in everything. I, I, I don't think, uh, you know, like I, I don't want to be thinking about anything for, you know, my entire day or my entire week. So yeah, I think there is, there's definitely something to be said about, you know, focusing on something else that I can be successful at. And that will be, uh, monetarily beneficial for me. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Where, where do you see yourself in general in five years, whether it be life or career? Um, uh, I would let, so my goal is absolutely to be doing music full-time, um, and to be performing like, but specifically performing full-time, uh, would be, but, um, you know, I think as long as I'm writing music and, uh, performing for people and, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm healthy mentally and physically. And, uh, I think that's all that I can really really, you know, I think the last couple of years have made me reevaluate that. And at the bottom, like the bottom line at the end of the end of the day, it's like, as long as I'm writing music and playing music with people that I really enjoy playing music with and, and, you know, making people dance and have a good time, then, uh, and I'm good and, you know, have a dog <laughs> that I think I'm, that I think I'll, I think I'll be good. <laughs> What's so. your dog's name? The dog's new, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Her name's Ripley. Okay. Uh, she, she's a Sharpay boxer mix. Um, so she has the head of a Sharpay and the body of a boxer and she kind of looks like a bobblehead and she's, yeah, she's perfect. 
That's great. Is is that a? Uh, I mean. Is is that it's it's a big responsibility. We got we got a COVID. I'm not going to call her a COVID dog. She's our whole world. But we got her. <laughs> we got her during COVID, and yeah. and now we you know we only go to the bars that allow dogs, and we go to the dog park, not the regular park. Right? It's all. It yeah. everything revolves around Maggie because she's our she's our angel. Yeah. What has that Absolutely. been like for you, having that? having Ripley in your life, I mean, mentally for you. <laughs> um, so I'm a very, uh, like scheduled person in terms of like, I'm waking up at this time and I'm doing these things before I have to go to work. And then I'm doing, you know, like it's, it's very like planned out. And, uh, that was definitely a shock when I like, when I got her and like how much my life had to, like my day to day life had to change. Um, but you know, it's uh, it's absolutely worth it. Like it, it's it, you know, I, I yeah, I think just have you know having a, a you know a, a presence at all times is <laughs> is uh, is really beneficial for like my well being. Um, so yes, yeah. yeah, my yeah, your life definitely uh, gets thrown for a loop for a second when you uh, like, and it, you know, I grew up with dogs, but and and pets, but I've never been like here I am alone in this place and I am the soul, like I am like solely in charge of this other being. <laughs> um, that is, uh, that's, that's something new for me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but again, it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Ab- absolutely. Um, you know, as I, every, every, as I get older and I look around and I see friends, very talented friends, who have stopped doing music, right? Every year, a few more drop off, a few more drop off, yeah. a few more drop off. Um, you know, I can't help but be like, man, I'm still doing this. This is awesome. Am I really, am I, am I still doing this? Okay, this is great. Um, <laughs> how can I still be doing this next year, two years and five years, 10 years and 20 years? And I mean, these things go through my head as I, as I'm sure they do every musician's head and, uh, you know, and is there a time where I won't be able to do this anymore? Do you have any mm. fears about that? Uh, as far as some, you know, do you ever think about, oh, if this doesn't happen by this age or by this time, I'm going to go full day job? Or I mean, do do you have any fears about staying in the business? Um, no, but I did for a very long time. Um, mm. But I think everybody's, you know, I think, I think everybody's definition of making it in this industry is uh, very, very different. And, um, and I, so, uh, you know, I don't think I ever fear uh, like losing playing music because um, I, I don't know, I will always be involved like it like you know it like it scratches my itch like that is like what I need to do in my life so however I need to make that happen and however that comes about um is is how I will continue to do it um yeah Yeah. like that and I you know I yeah yeah that's yeah (laughs) yeah no absolutely no that makes that makes a lot of sense that's what I 
that's what I tell myself when I'm having a good day. <laughs> oh, there's absolutely bad days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think there's, there's absolutely like you're like holy shit that was like I just like I I don't know what's going on today, but like I I don't ever want to you know do I don't ever want to like I don't want to have to deal with all this ever again. But then you know you play that show and you have that moment on stage or you have that moment where somebody you know, comes up to you and says, Hey, like I, you know, I love your, will you sign the CD or, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. And, uh, and that like, and that like reinvigorates it. Um, mm. and, or, or like you have, yeah, I think the big, like having that moment with live music in a place with lots of other people, uh, reinvigorates that feeling for me. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so talk about this new record a little bit. You've got a record coming out in the next few months. How was it made? How are you going to promote it? Give us a scoop. Yeah, for sure. So the album's called Totally Legal. Um, and uh, we wrote it uh, pre-COVID and during COVID and then recorded it all throughout COVID, uh, which is why it has taken a little bit of time to actually release to people. Um so, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's 10, 10 tunes. Um, I co-wrote it with the guitarist in, uh, in my band. He's a very good friend. His name's Steve Langamo. And, uh, we, yeah, we co-wrote it together. We, um, co-produced it together. And then, uh, we recorded it at Colorado Sound Studios, uh, in Westminster, Colorado. And, um, it, uh, yeah, I, I it's, it's just, I mean, it, I wouldn't change when you can look at an album and be like, I, I really would not change a single thing about, about how this turned out and like how this music, it, how, how it went recording this and how the, what the final product looks like. Um, that's, that's just been my goal. And I think we absolutely have that. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, um, we'll, we'll be releasing it on literally anywhere that you can listen to music. Uh, we, we did, we did press CDs um, and, uh, <laughs> so I think that was important to me just because we're so live show oriented, um, that people, you know, I, th again, back to, we play to a lot of different demographics and like, I don't have a CD player in my car. So like, I haven't listened, I, I like, I haven't listened to the CD in my car because I can't, <laughs> but, uh, but like, I think we're so live show oriented that we, um, that pe some people still like taking home something and to like yeah. the, have and they or they want you know they want you to sign something or you know whatever it might be um so it was important to us that we did that so yeah it's getting released on literally anywhere that you can listen to music um and then uh, we'll have physical copies too um so that's yeah. that's great and in two two questions i had about the record number one yeah. Is being the live performer that you are and the live presence that you are, how did you have to change your mindset to record mm. album versions of these songs? Mm, yeah, there's absolutely a different energy that you have to pull through and, uh, or, or like, yeah, pull in, I guess. Um, and, uh, you know, I, yeah, I, that's a, that's a good question because it, it, I don't know, like when you're in the booth and you like are hearing it all being pieced together, I think you, like, I think that energy comes from, wow, like, listen to this music that we're creating, listen to this amazing thing that we're creating, like, I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to crush this, crush this session, you know, and uh, I think that's the kind of energy that you have to pull through, uh, or uh, like, like, look, look for when you're recording, as opposed to kind of the energy being, you know, created by other people, um, when you're doing a live performance. So. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. And uh, the other thing I was going to ask is, you know, when you do cover songs, you're expressing some, I mean, in your own, in completely your own way and in complete your, completely your own energy, you're expressing someone else's lyrics, right? You're, you're taking this mm-hmm. story and expressing it in your own way. As a writer now on these songs, are there certain things, themes, ideas, uh, or things that you stand for that you, you want to get across in your lyrics that maybe don't come across in the cover songs that you do? Mm, um, so I think there's a, you know, there, I think there's a lot more of personal experience that I, that you're able to kind of feed off of, in a like when you're performing an original live as opposed to a cover. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think there's definitely certain themes that are, uh, you know, in, in the genre that I write in that you, that like are easy to talk about or easy to write about. But then, you know, there's, I think, you know, a couple songs on, this uh on this record you know talk about you know kind of at a time of um like i I don't want to say turmoil well kind of turmoil like at a time of like a a lot of like a lot of different like hardships for a a very very large amount of people um like making sure to listen to people and to like hear people and hear stories uh is definitely a huge uh thing in in a couple of the songs um so I think having that freedom to write about things that are prevalent in your life and in, in society or, you know, politically motivated, whatever they might be, but then also like, also, fo- you know, like focusing on, uh, you know, things that you can easily write about within that genre. So, you know, like with funk, it's like, you know, just partying and dancing and, you know, seeing somebody in a bar that you think is hot and like, wanting to go up to them and like, so like, yeah, you know, which I think, I think that could be, you know, I think that crosses a lot of genres, but, uh, yeah. but you know, like, I think, yeah, yeah, I think that coupled with, uh, you know, like certain grooves and bass lines and horn hits and, you know, hooks, I think. Yeah. So I think there's a, there's definitely a balance in, in writing, um, for a genre that's older. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Did, did we cover everything in roughly an hour or, or is there anything we left out? <laughs> I think that, yeah, I think, I mean, we started when I, yeah, we started when we were playing baseball. So that <laughs> we went chronological. We, yeah, we really, yeah, I really went. <laughs> I think that's every, yeah, I think that is, um, um, everything. I mean, yeah, we, uh, will hopefully be releasing this album in the next couple of months here. Um, jacoblarsonband.com is my website and that will have all of our updates about the about the album and um when it's released and where you can listen to it and uh yeah we're just so excited to to be able to release this music for for people and to share this well this share this huge project that we've been working on for the last couple years you know we really we released funky with you in december which was the lead single off of it and uh that's just the that's just the tip of the iceberg. We yeah. So yeah, I'm really excited to release that to people. Awesome. Well, we'll, we'll have a link uh, in the show notes to your website um, and where oh, yeah. people can pick up the pick up the new album and the single, which which came out. I, I think it was December seventeenth. I could be wrong on that, but sometime wow, that, in December. That is no. You are you are totally right, and that is crazy that you know that. Yes, that is. Yep, December seventeenth. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. I studied earlier, but I didn't have my notes in front of me. So good. 
yeah. <laughs> well, it, if you don't mind, stay on the line with me for just a second. But in front of our audience, I want to say thank you very much uh, for yes. chatting with me. Yes, thanks so much for having me, Andy. That was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, right on. There it is, my conversation with Jacob Larson. Thanks, Jake, for doing the show. Um, next week, or next episode is going to be episode 100. And when I started the podcast, I said, if I could get to 100 episodes, that'd be sweet. I started in uh, August of 2018, I believe, and there's been some breaks in there. Um, I do take season breaks. This is season four. But 100 episodes is coming up. Um, I'm chat- chatting with a couple different people, so I actually am not sure at the, at the point of recording this who the 100th episode guest is, but it'll be cool. It'll be fun. Thank you to everybody who's listened and supported. Um, yeah, or, or even if you haven't, you're a first-time listener. Thanks for, thanks for listening. Um, it's cool to, to hit that landmark episode. So that'll be next week. Uh, if you subscribe to the show, it'll pop up. And, uh, and you can check it out. All right. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you next time.